America. My name is I'm Yosef Frimpong, and I come to you live every Friday, usually at 4 o'clock, but today I'm doing it at 3 o'clock because it's Thanksgiving vacation, and honestly, after this, I go and I want to hang out with my kids. So um, I do want to, you know, I wasn't going to do this show, but I, I, I want to talk about Thanksgiving, so... This is me talking about Thanksgiving. Thanks is very important. Also, forgiveness is very important. Thanksgiving, forgiving, both have giving in the title for reasons we're going to talk about, but it's necessary for community. It's actually, it's it's not an accident that this this holiday was cooked up by Lincoln in order to to get the uh, you know the Northern whites to forgive the Southern whites or whatever, or vice versa, because they could all agree on I don't know sweet potato pie. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But I'm going to talk about a little bit about Thanksgiving and forgiving after I <laughs> hit the opening. To the beach, oh. uh, yeah. Good to me. Never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and it can feature in your front. So I'm going to talk. Why is Thanksgiving important for community or actually necessary? Here's the deal. Um, in order for us to be a people, a unified people, we need a shared fate. We do not have a shared fate. And also we need to be actually decent to each other. We need to fulfill contracts to each other. We need to actually enable each other through civil society and immediate relationships. We need to actually mutually accommodate each other. It's not just enough to have choice. If you just have choice, then you're choosing among options that are provided for you by nature, which doesn't care about you, or by people who might be crooks, right? So in order for you to have choice among options that themselves reflect you, this includes the labor market, you need the people who are providing the options, who create the world out of which you choose, and then you create the world for them we, um, to actually have you in mind. And be good and be thoughtful people. Right, so it's not freedom isn't just a subjective state about like my choice. It's about uh, the world that I have to choose from. When I talk to students about this, I always talk about the vegetarian who walks into a restaurant has a choice between chicken, beef, or or fish, and that's a choice, but it's not freedom. For that to be freedom, it has to be like a hummus option with a you know something also vegetarian, right? So. Choice isn't enough. The options among which you choose have to be uh, actually reflective of you. And that means the options uh, among which you choose have to be made by a person who's thinking about you. Like I said, if it's made by nature, it's just fixed by nature. They can't accommodate to you. But other people can actually accommodate to you. And if they're free and you're free, then they can accommodate, to you, to, accommodate you to your freedom. Right? In the same way that a... Uh, if they're under a pathology, if they're like an addict or something, they can't accommodate you. Their, their, their way of provisioning goods from which you choose is going to be governed by their addiction. Right? It's not going to be about your freedom. It's going to be governed by their addiction. You can't ask um, uh, a meth addict to hold you know, $1,000 for you for a few days. Right? Like, even if they want to do the right thing by you, their addiction has, you know, that has power, right? So, um, so for you to be free, you need to be choosing among options themselves that are provisioned by free people. And there you go. Number one. And that means, um, 
they need to be free people and, and like good people. They can't be governed by addictions or pathologies or hypocrisies. They can't say they're going to meet you at five and then like just blow you off. Um, that's going to be a problem because your freedom depends on being able to make plans and realize them. Right. And the plans that you make are going to entail other people. Even if you, you know, make plans on sending your kids to school and that's entail the schools being open. Right. So for you to be able to make plans and realize them, other people have to kind of play along and other people tend to be hypocrites. They say one thing and do another or they talk. And so we could be in a position where we morally judge them about like, oh, you're a hypocrite, blah, 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 blah. Or we could actually be community in community with them and like help them figure out a way to not hurt us in a, in a productive manner. And we could forgive them. We can thank them for provisioning for us. I mean, that's what a whole lot of what grace is at school. We thank the grace, I, I mean, at, at dinner and meals. We thank the hands that prepared the food and all everything that went into it. And the, both Jesus Christ and Jesus who picked the food. Like we thank all of them um, because like that's provisioning us to actually, you know, then come to eat, right? So we need to actually thank the people who are provisioning us, and we need to forgive them for their inadequacies, right? And this is very important because um, this is what black people screw them up. We're just forgiving people. We're just, we, we just like, you shoot us, and then like our mom will come out. Hopefully my mom won't do this. Mom, if you're watching this, I don't think she watches this. Do, if I get shot, do not forgive anyone. Nope. <laughs> nah. Uh, unless they're willing to change everything. I'm talking about putting all white institutions under black control, under receivership, from people I will name in my will, um, they'll take over the white church, white school districts, and, uh, you know, white family, focus on the family has to be transferred to the person I name. And then you could forgive them because they'll make themselves forgive worthy, right? So, by the way, whoever, whoever takes me out, if someone tries to take me out or if succeeds in taking me out, I don't want you to forgive them. I don't even want you to talk about them. I want you to go to their pastor. I want you to go to their... All their teachers, just research them, Google. And, um, and I want you to go to their parents and their spouses and their siblings. I want you to investigate. I want an autopsy of whoever has the audacity to try to take me out for spreading the truth. Um, and I want you to investigate all of those institutions and reform or revolutionize all of them. I don't care about the person who does it. Whoever is so cracked out that they're trying to, to take shots on me. And I do get my death threats. By the way, if you support what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and pick, kick in $5, $15, or $50 a month because depending on who you talk to, I make myself down quite unemployable. And I got I to gotta keep my kids in lessons, right? Like my, my kids take violin. My young, youngest daughter is a violinist and my older daughter is a cellist. And I got to get piano lessons for the three-year-old, except I'm going to wait till he's three and a half. But like all of this takes money. Right? And I'd also like to grow the platform and have a marketing budget and a website that gets updated more often and all that stuff. So go ahead and kick into www.funkyacademic.com if you care about forgiveness and thankfulness. I like my thanks in cash. Actually, no, credit. Credit's fine because you can set up, set up a reoccurring donation, and those are great because I get to budget. Um, so why is it important to, be, to forgive? And to be thankful because those are the building blocks of community, right? And so the objective conditions of freedom are not strictly objective. They actually 
they do concern the subjective characteristics of the people you're dealing with. They have to be the kind of people who can show thanks and forgiveness, right? And you have to be the kind of person who can get over you, who can identify your own hypocrisies and be in community with the people you're dealing with who have their own hypocrisies and help each other kind of go forth through it. Not excusing it, but forgiving it as we move on. Right? So black people get in trouble because we just forgive everybody without, without asking them to be forgiveness worthy. And so that's, that's the intervention I want this video to make. We, cannot, we have to stop forgiving people who are not committed to being forgiveness worthy. Right? And that just takes like willing to look at the institutions that made them into the kind of person whose, whose hypocrisy leads them to harm us. If they're not willing to do that, and you know, white people, I can have names. I mean, I can, have, I can list the institutions that are screwing you up. If you're not willing to do that, then you're not making yourself forgiveness worthy. And I think we should just have a moratorium on forgiveness until they show like a real atonement, which is like, I'm willing to actually do something different. There was a, a, one of the Koch brothers who's been, who's been uh, you know, funding all of these awful, awful both think tanks and uh, political uh, initiatives for a few decades, like said, whoops. We might have zigged when we should have zagged in, some, in terms of some of these initiatives. And, and, but like that's not real atonement. That's not real atonement. That's not uh, looking at the damage you did and figuring out how you're on the wrong side of the argument. That was like, it doesn't work. And this is, okay, so we get confused. And this, this goes all the way back to the Civil War, right? So you read the documents that Lee was producing after the surrender of the Civil War. And it's like, we lost because we were outgunned and outmanned. It wasn't so much that we were wrong. There was no, like, there was just like, we were, like, it was a tactical mistake. We didn't, we didn't lose because we were on the wrong side of the cause. We lost because the North has more military and more bullets and shucks. It should have gone the other way, but we lost. We surrender. Right? So that's not, we don't, and we didn't take that seriously um, as a nation, uh, serious, sufficiently seriously. And that's why after Reconstruction, we were just kind of abandoned to the Klan. And we didn't go in and change Southern schools and, and churches and, uh, you know, the way they think about families because the uh, South is barely even democracy. Especially at that time, it's pretty much an aristocracy. It's a landed gentry kind of running things. Own little fiefdoms. Uh, and we're not serious about democracy. And even Democrats down here aren't really serious or particularly knowledgeable about democracy because it's just not in the culture. So we didn't actually take the business of atonement and doing the, um, and figuring out that damage and how and reconciliation correctly. Right. And that's why there is no, there's still just like a low lying civil war and blacks have lost it. Hey, you know, Heather Cox, Richardson, I haven't read the book, but I just got it. And it happens to be right here about how the South won the civil war. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious about how, what she has to say about it. I'm, I suspect it's going to be good because I think the South won the Civil War because they won all of the cultural uh, institutions. Like they, they, they kept their churches, their schools, and their family structure, and that was enough. They even kept, the, like the, <laughs> kept their property. Right? So like people, people say bad things about Castro, you know, letting all the... Uh, the, the bad Cubans go to Miami, but, you know, we kept all of our bad Southerners, and I don't know if that was much better. And kept them intact, right? So you can't be, expect to be forgiven and stay intact. So you need to make yourself forgiveness worthy, 
And then you need to be the kind of person who can look into your own hypocrisies and understand that you need to forgive other people for their hypocrisies. And that way we can be a community and actually reconcile. A true reconciliation, not a false reconciliation um, that's just kind of a cover over what is really just a system of oppression and continued degradation. Right? So if you're willing to actually, so you need to be the kind of person, not just overly judgmental insofar as they hold on to themselves as like morally superior and, and aren't looking to like look at their own hypocrisies to forgive other, to see that in other people um, as forgiveness worthy in other people, then you're going to be a problem. And also if you're the kind of person who's not willing to be actually like worthy of forgiveness because you don't want to let go of the bad things that you happen to like, then um, like that's going to be a problem for community too. So this, like we need to think seriously because these are like fundamental building blocks of what a just community is. One with a shared fate and a, kind of a shared sensibility is one that can forgive and be thankful for the provisioning that we do for each other. Both material provisioning and like spiritual and cultural provisioning that we do for each other and providing for each other. And even when we don't do it perfect, we have to forgive each other and we have to always strive to do better and be thankful for the work that other, because the only way we're free is because other people kind of domesticate the world. This is hard to teach to Americans because a lot of our, like we like to think that like we're free with nature. We can just go out to the, to the park or to the, out to Walden Pond. But like, look, America is not nature. There's no part of America that's nature. We've domesticated the entire nation. Like, my dad's from Ghana, where nature, like, nature, he knows nature, and nature is what eats you. Nature doesn't care. So what we have in America is just the whole nation is uh, one big park. And the parks you go to are really just gardens, right? So if you think that that's nature, you don't know nature, right? So you're not free in nature. You're free because of the domesticated mutual provisioning and mutual accommodation that we provided for each other. And that is what we should be thankful for. Now, the left has a problem because they think like food grows in grocery stores. We need to start talking about the production and the provisioning we do for each other. Um, and, you know, Thanksgiving is as good a time as any of it to, to realize that a lot of the options and a lot of like the cultural feedback we get is other people producing for us. And that's why I do this. I am producing culture. I do it for the culture. And like I said, I, I like my thank it's in cash. I mean, the nice email is good, but like I like cash. Um, and I like the reoccurring cash. And you can do that at the, the, the website. Um, so thankfulness and forgiveness. I am not as thankful as I should be. I'm also not as forgiving as I should be. I can work on this. It's a growing edge. Uh, I, you know, we don't really have a forgiveness time like uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters do. I, th I think we should probably as a nation think about that because I think that'd be good for us as a people. But we also have to think about what, is, what does it take to make ourselves forgiveness worthy? And are we willing to do that? Like we, black communities, forgive white communities without asking them to let go of any of their toxic nonsense. And then we're surprised when they're still shooting us in the street or putting us in jail for, you know, making them nervous. Ooh. Um, so... Thankfulness and forgiveness is very important, but it's not just a subjective state. You have to actually, 
you have to actually make yourself or the other subjective uh, aspect of it is making yourself the will to make yourself forgiveness worthy and, uh, you know, worthy of, of other people thanking you. Right. So, and actually, and that means often letting, letting aspects of yourself go that really are not particularly good aspects, but you feel entitled to keep and aspects of your family, aspects of your church, aspects of your schooling. Uh, you have to let them go in order to be the kind of person that other people can get over themselves and come to forgive or come to think. So thank you for your time, and I will see you next week. Peace. If you appreciate the work I do every week and you think that I should continue to do it because I'm giving you the quality of political knowledge and insight that will help you not squander your life and kind of rescue meaning from it, then go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month, or make one enormous donations. I like the monthlies because it allows me to budget more, and that'll help me, you know, with a marketing budget or getting better equipment that works all the time. Because a lot of, in a lot of ways, freedom means having equipment that works every time you turn it on. <laughs> and I want to be a free Negro, so. Um, if you like what I do, go to funkyacademic.com and contribute. Thanks often comes in the form of cash. And the site takes 